The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. We have another guest here today, and I'm going to let Dr. Jen introduce herself. Can you just tell us a little bit about where you're practicing, your background in the dental field? Hi. Um, So, yep, I'm Dr. Jen Saunders. I practice in uh, Montana. I've been uh, running my own practice for almost a decade and um, did worked as an associate before that, did an AGD before that, um, after dental school. Um, and yeah, it's been definitely quite the journey getting into my own practice. Um, I did the whole thing where I, I wanted to move to an area, but couldn't find an associate position. And so out of, I moved somewhere else. And then out of the blue, I got a contact from a broker who said, hey, I have this great, great practice available. Do you want it? And I looked at the numbers and thought, this thing is a, you know, it's a fixer upper, but I can do this. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd been an associate for like, not quite a year. (laughs) And so it was definitely a a crash course in, in business ownership. And um, that is definitely, I think the most challenging thing coming out of dental school is that you know, you get some business courses in dental school, like a little bit, but not, not a ton. And I understand that because not, not everybody's going to be a practice owner. And so they can't spend a ton of time telling you how to run a practice in dental school. Um, Cause there's so many different paths out there, but it's challenging because we don't have business degrees and we don't know how to run that. Um, and one of the things that I found the most challenging was getting a good team and getting them on board. And honestly, it seems like that's getting more and more challenging with our, you know, huge labor shortage post pandemic. Um, and so over the the years I have done, gosh, so much different, so many different coaches and um, yeah, like coaching engagements, done a ton of CE. And I found that I really love leadership. I love leadership. I love learning about teams and how to motivate my team. Um, And I've grown my practice a ton and have just a really fun practice that I love being at. Um, And I know it's because of my team and the leadership. And so now what I do as well as, you know, being a practicing dentist is I teach an online course to help, um, help dentists learn how to have um, happier, more reliable, less drama teams. That's awesome. So you said it was partially you've learned these skills because you had to out of necessity when you were trying to build up that practice. And then you also went to a lot of CE and kind of gathered all this information. So I guess starting from kind of the basics for people, most people listening have shadowed, worked in dental office, something like that. But I feel like every office is run so differently. Some are a doc, a couple hygienists, maybe a front desk. Some have insurance people, treatment care coordinator people, all different kinds of people. So how does your dental team look and who do you think is essential to have as part of that? So, I mean, my dental team, I do have a team of 10 right now. And so, yes, I do have the insurance coordinator and the office manager and the hygienist and the assistants and an associate and all that. Um, But I don't think, I I don't think any of those team members are, it's not like 
everybody needs all those team members. I think the most important thing is to have a good idea of what you actually want. Uh, what I see a lot with um, other dentists is we end up, you know, we're always kind of bombarded by so much coming in. I mean, in, in school, there's so much going on that you're trying to figure out kind of what path to take. But the truth is that doesn't stop when you get out of school. You get out of school and you have your own practice and you think you've got it, but you go to a CE course or you talk to a coach, you talk to your friend um, or the guy down the street and you see what they're doing and you're constantly bombarded with like, you should be doing this. You should be running a faster practice. You should be taking on PPOs. You should be dropping PPOs. You should be, you know, running more. Oh no, you should just drop everything and do only do the high production procedures. And the truth is there's no right answer. There's no, like, this is actually like each of those kind of different models can work if it's what you want to do. But so many people don't know what they want to do. And then they end up in this spot where they're, you know, they're pushing so hard and pushing their team so hard to get to a goal because somebody else, because they think it's what they should do, but it's not what is actually going to make them happy. And then they get stressed out and then their team gets stressed out and then everybody's miserable. Um, and so that's my, like my first tip. And I know getting it right out of dental school, you don't necessarily know exactly what you want and that's okay. Um, but the thing is to just keep considering it, to keep setting your own goals. And as you do different things and learn different things, evaluate like, okay, what did I like? What did I didn't like? Like maybe you brought something on and you didn't like it, or maybe you associated at um, like a really busy um, PPO practice and you didn't like it, or maybe you loved it. And either way, it's okay. You don't have to do one way or another. You just have to figure out what makes you happy because that's what's going to make you less stressed. Um, and the key to that is that the people around you, if you are whether you're the owner dentist or whether you are an associate, you are the leader for the team around you. And if you're stressed, they're stressed automatically. So, you know, knowing what you want, and this is a very long answer to your question, but knowing what you want is, is key. So you don't have to have all those team members. You could have one front desk and one assistant and only do high end, you know, only do big comprehensive cases and be really successful at that. Or you could run with 20 different um, team members. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And you kind of answered some of the other things I thought we could talk about, like the different types of practice models. You kind of covered those when you were discussing it a little bit there. And that leads me into wondering, I know your first associateship probably won't be your dream job or might not be the one you buy into and everything, but for some people it is. And I mean, that's ideal having to not move around and do so many changes. So how do you think someone coming out of dental school can figure out what type of job would be best for them and any advice for finding it? And I mean, I get that that's tough coming out of dental school in that you haven't experienced a ton. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of getting as much experience as you can before jumping in too far. I mean, yes, kind of evaluate what you like. I mean, I remember when I was in dental school and this is probably when I was, I was a second year and the fourth year I was taking my uh, patients over from or her patients over, um, was going into endo. And to me, that sounded horrible. Like you're just going to do root canals all day and nothing. But she loved that idea because she's like, yeah, because I know 
I know what it is. It's a root canal. I'm not surprised. I don't like being surprised. Um, whereas I love being surprised. I love not knowing what's coming in next. And that's okay. And some of the things you're going to know just like from your own, your own personality, your own um, desires. Like, are you somebody who likes to multitask at 20 different things at once? Or do you like to do one thing and focus 100% on it and then move to the next one? Because I can tell you, if you like to do one thing and do it like 100% of the best of your abilities slowly and then move to the next thing, you are not going to enjoy that busy PPO practice. Um, because yeah. usually you're doing multiple columns at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of looking into a little bit more of these models and not just looking into like, hey, where can I get hired and where can I make money? But also, what are the demands on that? and is it, you know, does that suit me? Is that something that I would actually enjoy and try and find that? Um, and I also fully realize that you're probably not going to get that dream, perfect suiting job right at the dental school. And that's okay, because there's a learning experience in there too. Um, but the more you can get there, the better. Um, and like I said, realizing that no matter where you are, whether you're going to buy, buy a practice right away or go out and be an associate, you're still a leader and you still have a team. Um, I think a lot of associates kind of think like, oh, I'm just coming in and I'm just going to do dentistry. And they get really stressed out because of the, like the team drama around them. And, you know, the assistants aren't doing what they say they're going to do, or the assistants only listen to the, the owner doctor and they won't listen to them. Um, or they feel like they're being undermined kind of thing. And that's the thing you, you're a leader too. So you want to, I mean, that's the one thing I would say is, you know, read some leadership books, look into it a little bit that will serve you for absolutely the rest of your career um, and approach your positions from that point that, you know, yes, my team is here to support me and I want to support them because the more you, you do that and realize that you are, you know, you're not, you're not just the associate doctor, you're part of the big team um, and getting on board with that. And of course, hopefully you have, you know, an owner doctor who wants to help you with that. That's going to make you so much happier. And in the end, you know, your team will then go to bat for you and make you so much more productive. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you brought up some good well, bad challenges that people run into when they're associates sometimes like that transition into a already established team. Sometimes maybe they've had an associate that left or they haven't had one before. What advice do you have for a new associate hired into an office? How to assimilate, how to communicate the way they work, anything like that? Um, so, I mean, especially coming new at a dental school, some things I've seen is look at the, the team members and realize that like some of the team members are going to teach you a lot of things. Um, and that's important to have, you know, have an open mindset and be, be, you know, be open to, to learning new ways and feedback and trying new things. Um, and it's, a, it's kind of a tough balance to learn because you're coming out and you're the doctor and it is your license and you are overseeing these people. And so you do have to make sure that you're comfortable with what they're doing, but you have to, have to realize that 
that assistant who's been there for 10 years can probably make a better temp than you can because she's done it a lot more times than you can't have. And I, all of my assistants take better impressions than I do because they've done it so much more than I do. Um, and realize that they have skills and they can teach you things. And um, sometimes I think we get into the mindset that it's like, I'm the doctor and this is the assistant. Therefore, I need to know everything. Um, and we feel like almost sometimes we can get embarrassed or defensive. Um, and I'm not saying that we're, you know, I guess some people are kind of looking at the hierarchy, but I think a lot of people are just trying to do their best and they don't want to admit that they don't know, but it's okay. You know, it's okay to get the team, you know, to focus on getting the team on your side and realizing like, Hey, I'm here to learn for you from you, just like you guys can learn from me and we're open to each other and we're working together. Um, and then remembering that your team members are, you know, they're, they're humans too. So they're going to have human moments. They're going to do great things. They're going to do not so great things. Um, and they're going to keep trying, but the more we focus on the positive things, the more positive things we get, you know, you heard the expression, water, the flowers, not the weeds. Um, and that's really huge, especially when you're, you're new and you're trying to get, you're trying to get in with the team, right? You're trying to get in with them. Notice like make a huge effort to notice all the good things they do. Like, Hey Jane, you make the most amazing temps. Oh my gosh. I love how, how you guys, you know, flip the room so fast and keep me on schedule. I know I'm still learning my timing. So thank you for working so hard to keep me on schedule. Um, and really focus on those, you know, those positive interactions, those positive feedbacks, those, um, shout outs all the time, because the more you do that, one, the more of those things they're going to do, right? Because you're, you're pointing them out to them. So they're going to want to do more of them, um, which makes your day run better. The more they're going to, the more grateful you are for them, the more grateful they're going to be for you, as it turns out, just because they, they, they feel that gratitude and they're going to then be like, yeah, she really is trying. He, he's doing awesome, you know? Um, and then they're going to, you know, usually that's what helps people just be less stressed, more happy and go above and beyond. Because the truth is, as a brand new associate and a dentist out of school, you do have a lot of learning to do. So you do need a lot of support and having some, some good team members can really um, rocket you forward. Yeah, that was such great advice. And I totally, totally hear what you're saying. It makes the biggest difference to be positive and that encourages people like oh wow like they notice that that means a lot to people when you're speaking highly of them and then they feel appreciated and it makes a difference for sure so we talked about when the associate gets hired some of the things that they can do and you're mentioning how leadership is it's a skill it's something you can keep developing and growing so is there anything you think while people are still dental students, they should be focusing on any specific things they should be doing in the clinics or outside in their spare time? I mean, honestly, nowadays there's so much information out there that doing things like listening to good podcasts that tell, teach you about dental things and leaderships or leadership and reading books that can help you with leadership. I know you guys don't have a lot of extra time to be out and, and doing these things um, and just kind of getting your mindset in such a way that it's like, yes, I want to learn. I want to be positive um, and kind of learning that consistency um, 
but yeah, I mean, absolutely. These are, these are leadership skills. These are things that you can practice on any other human, whether they're your team member or not, that can be helpful. Um, as people, we have a huge negativity bias. And I'm sure you've heard that before that, you know, we need something like five positive interactions to every negative one. And so um, even if that's, you know, and so you need that with your team members, these people that you're leading, if you want them to to be happy and do better you need to be constantly adding in the positivity otherwise they're going to um, go down and have drama and gossip but the thing is that's getting in that habit of um of pointing out the positive and adding in the positivity and being grateful and having you know having a gratitude practice that is absolutely something you can start at any point in time and maybe that's as simple as like Every morning when you wake up, you think of three things you're grateful for. And I know that sounds like you're like, hey, but that's going to help me lead a better team. But it really will. Um, because when you have a team, whether you're associate or the owner, a lot of the time your team ends up being a reflection of you and how you feel and how stressed you are and all that kind of stuff. And so doing these things that can help get you in a happier, more grateful, more positive place, seeing those things can really be helpful for I mean, all of your future leadership things, but, and you know, your life, your happiness in general. Um, gratitude will actually kind of create new neural connections and rewire our brains for happiness, which is a really cool thing. And so if there's one thing I was going to do in dental school, I'd say implement a gratitude practice. And if you can find three minutes to meditate as well, then you're way ahead. And I know I'm kind of swerving off the path right now, but you don't have a lot of time to be like, if I told you, hey, you need to read 10 leadership books, that, that would be ridiculous. You do not have time for that in dental school. Um, but you know what? You can totally implement a gratitude practice. Those are really great tips and just ways, almost like ways to live, ways to shift your mindset and your mentality. And definitely something that I've already been working on the past like three years of dental school. And I can attest to everything you're saying. It makes the biggest difference, just your mindset and what you choose to focus your energy on, like what moments of the day you let consume you. It makes a big impact on yourself, but the people around you too. So I totally see what you're saying there. The last couple of things I wanted to talk about is now someone more in like an ownership position. So you kind of hinted at it there that you kind of owe it to your team to be creating a positive environment. And if you ever came into a situation as an owner, which I'm sure it happens, either you hire someone new or you have a team member that's going through a hard time and they're just being a negative Nelly at work or just things are not going well. How do you kind of handle that situation and communicate with them to at the sake of the office environment and protecting everyone else to be able to run efficiently and in good spirits. Like I know things happen, but how do you go about those difficult conversations? And those are absolutely difficult conversations. You know, I, I have a lot of like habits and systems in place to add positivity. Like we, we do shout outs, we do gratitudes. We, you know, do all these things to help make sure that we're constantly adding positivity, but you're right. Sometimes people get in a tough spot in their life. And honestly, some people just kind of tend towards being negative, honestly. Um, and so first is I do have, you know, I have very strictly set expectations when it comes to gossip. Um, 
that, and whether that's, <laughs> I, I mean, the differentiation here, there's, you know, between positive and negative gossip. Go- negative gossip is kind of what I call like when we're just kind of complaining, when we're complaining, but not in a, you know, constructive way at all. Um, that That is an absolute no-go. Or if we're, you know, what I'm calling positive gossip is kind of that, that I'm super concerned, like, oh, I heard um, John was uh, upset and he was about this thing, but he didn't want to tell you. And it's like, okay, but that's still gossip. So instead of telling me, tell John to come tell me, right? And that's our, our, you know, our rule and what we try to get everybody to do. And this takes constant reminders because it's just not human nature to do it, to say, okay, you know, if somebody tells you something, tell them to go tell the other person, like do not participate. Just don't participate. Tell them to take it directly to them. Um, just because that way it can minimize um, miscommunications. Um, of course, if someone is having a hard time, we work really hard at having kind of a work a work family. That if, you know, if it's a personal situation that we're here to support them as much as possible. And I try to be flexible, you know, within reason as far as time off and all that kind of stuff so that people do see like, hey, I'm being supported. And then I don't tend to run into, um, generally, the po- if positive people are being supported, they see that and they're still gonna try their best when they come to work, basically. Um, some people do are just kind of more, have that more negative leaning. Um, and I, you know, at a certain point, you talk to them about it, you set your standards, and then you enforce your standards. And if they can't follow them, then for me, they're just not a good fit for team for my team um, because it is just not worth it to me to have toxic people. Like there are, I know there's a labor shortage and I know that's tough, but there are good people out there and I'd rather work shorthanded than not want to come to work because I have to deal with somebody's bad attitude. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's That's nice to hear that you can still have that office that you want despite, you know, like you're saying the labor shortage and other things that the industry is dealing with right now. And it sounds like a lot of that is because you bring people in and you have clear systems in place already and expectations. So I'm sure that's literally a whole employee manual, but do you have any key systems that you think should be in a dental office from the get-go or maybe things that people don't think about to include? I think that like the key thing is consistency and we kind of look at it like, oh, we have an employee manual. We train them on this. We should be good. You are not good. Let me tell you that you're not good. They are going to like, people will forget. People will fall down to the lowest common denominator. If you are not constantly bringing them up. Um, And it's because, you know, like you said, life happens. They have all these outside stresses. They have stresses in the dental office. They have that patient that's been really mean to them and they're having a bad day. And if you're not constantly building them up and adding in that positivity, then things will fall apart and they will not follow the systems at all. Uh, And so um, I have, I guess, systems, but habits uh, to actually add these in and they need to be consistent daily things. Um, and like I said, that that's really the key is the the consistency and making sure you're constantly adding it in. Um, too often we think, well, I hired really nice people and I gave them the employee manual that says they're not supposed to do this. So why are they being like this? Like, well, 
it's not that simple. They're still humans. They have a lot of life going on and they need, you know, they need more pick-me-ups than that. Um, and that doesn't, the other thing to realize with that is it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be just you. It's not like as the owner, it is my job solely like to lift people up. If you can start creating the culture and start creating the habit, like, Hey, like for us, first thing in the morning, we come in for our morning meeting or morning huddle, whatever you want to call it. We start off with shout outs and we create that culture of like, yeah, we start off with shout outs. If you see somebody do something good, you, you shout tell them about it right away. Um, right away, you help each other out. Um, we do weekly meetings so that we can make sure we catch things before they get, you know, things that are bigger than a morning huddle discussion before they get out of hand so we can address problems that they're seeing. Um, and that gives people that that voice to be able to have a chance to, to bring up their concerns and problems. And by doing them consistently like that, it's makes it just run so much smoother um, because you can't just set it and forget it. You've got to constantly do it. But like I said, if it becomes, if that is your habit, that's just how the system runs. Then um, even if you're out a little bit as an owner, the system will, will still run. You can't be gone forever because somebody's got to be in charge of, you know, bringing it back up. But I mean, for example, I was able to take off um, about four months as a, a maternity leave and my practice ran fine. I mean, did it have a need a little bit of um, of tuning up, shall we say, when I got back? Yeah, a little bit. Really, they did quite well because we have those systems in place. And I know I have um, I have people who understand that why it's important that we do these things. And so they keep it going. And do you find that in your office or just offices in general that you work with, employees are motivated just by a positive culture and the encouragement and everything, or their specific incentives, whether that be bonuses, time off, group vacation, group CE, things like that, that motivate the team? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, those extra things do help, but it really depends on the person. When it comes down to it, um, to the decision to, to stay or go, it's going to depend a lot more on the day to day than any, you know, than any big bonus or trip or, you know, CE or anything like that. It's really going to depend on the day to day. Um, I do definitely see um, better attention with people who are a little bit more, more understanding about like life and flexibility. I mean, you have to realize that most of our dental hygienists and assistants and front office people are women and most of them are going to have kids. And so, you know, if you can offer a little bit of flexibility as far as, you know, after school care and things like that, then yes, it does help draw better people to the job and it does help with retention. But at the end of the day, if they don't like coming to work, that's what really matters. And if they love coming to work and you can create a culture where um, it's a team where they actually like really love their coworkers. That's what keeps them going because they don't want to leave because they feel bad about letting their coworkers down. It's not really about you as the, the owner, but they don't want to let their coworkers down. They don't want to call in sick because they know that their coworkers are going to have a crazy busy day. Um, and that's really what you want to create. You want to do everything you can to help them bond with each other. Um, and create that culture where they, they love each other. I mean, do, 
do bonuses and, you know, I, I do like, I, you know, I track all my KPIs and we, um, we tie extra compensation to hitting the KPIs and making sure that we're doing that. And does that help? Sure. Cause they love that. Cause it gives them, you know, it, it does, they say it gamifies it. That gives them a goal to drive towards. Um, but like I said, I, I, if the culture isn't there, if it's toxic, you could pay through the nose and they could still leave. <laughs> yeah. I hear what you're saying. That's great advice. And everything we've talked about, I know I'm going to take to heart and take with me by the time I'm an associate and eventually a practice owner. Do you have any <laughs> closing thoughts, final advice you want to leave the listeners with? You know, I think the biggest thing I'd say is coming back to just, you know, make sure that you're, you're in a spot that you are happy. It's the things that you're doing for yourself that make the biggest difference. Because if you're stressed and not happy with where you're at, no one else around you is going to be too. Yeah, I, I hear that. And we talked about so many ways people can start working on those things now and start learning more about themselves and working on their perspectives and their attitudes too. So thank you for all of that great advice. And if people have more questions for you or if they want to check out your coaching at some point, how could they reach out to you? Um, you can check me out on Instagram. It's just uh, Dr. Jen Sanders. And then I have a, a free class that I um, teach just with this kind of stuff and I can give you the link to it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you very much.